You are listening to the Impact Podcast, powered by Infinity Sports Performance, where athletes prepare to be great. The ethos of this podcast is to provide our listeners with authentic, informative, and entertaining conversations on all subjects related to performance optimization and mindset mastery. Welcome to the show. Hey, hey, thanks for tuning in to the Impact Podcast, powered by Infinity Sports Performance. I'm your co-host, Russ Tavares, along with Jared Volkemer. So today, what we want to do is tell you a little bit about our story. We feel for sure that humans connect uh, with storytelling more than anything else as a business here at Infinity Sports Performance, and also how I got started. Um, I'll tell that story in detail, uh, being an old... An old dog in this game, it might be a little bit longer than Jared's story, but then he will have an opportunity to tell his. And, and you know, we know a lot of each other's story, but I feel that there might be some questions or some some things that Jared didn't know about my story. And for sure, there's going to be certain things I didn't know about his story uh, as far as becoming a coach and getting involved in Affinity and his, his unique perspective as a former athlete of mine. And then a little bit of it as a... Um, intern here and then immediately as a, as a young coach and then now as you know my assistant director of performance here so definitely has uh, one of the broadest and, and most unique perspectives here so uh jared yeah welcome <laughs> probably going to be a little shaky at first with this conversation it's our first time doing this but i honestly feel that not just with the timing of things right now with a lot of people at home not sure what they're doing and there's so much uncertainty and also, we've been really working hard for probably the last year or so, um, but especially over the last few months on really digging deep with our athletes and trying to make a bigger impact with them, not just in the training room and on the field, but even more so something that we find a lot of value with and a lot of joy with the, the mindset, uh, just diving deep with our athletes, with uh, letting them understand you know, that they are truly empowered with mindset and their emotional attachment to why they do things, whether it be in the gym again and and or on the field. So um, we're hoping that this podcast can provide some great information and create some powerful conversations um, that can hopefully shift the mentality of our athletes to understand that they're in the driver's seat, that they're in greater control than they actually realize. Uh, we certainly bring that to the table with training, but I feel that this would be a better way to connect with our athletes on a deeper level um, to, to get a greater understanding of them and even uh, our tactics and skills on how we deliver the information that we want to deliver to these guys. Agreed? Yeah. yeah All sure. right. So I guess I'll start with my story because it is a little extensive and <clears throat> I guess I'll try to keep it a little bit more compact and, get, and give you some of the golden nuggets from it. So I'm a doctor of physical therapy and I graduated from Stony Brook uh, University back in 2004, if I'm correct. <laughs> and um, I was always an athlete at baseball, a multi-sport athlete, but I played Division One baseball down in, uh, down in Maryland at UMBC and then also at Manhattan College. And then uh, did not get many looks from scouts and did not get picked up. So my desire is to stay involved with the sport geared me towards... Um, injury prevention and rehabilitation and physical therapy. So that was my path. And um, 
after going through three arduous years in physical therapy school, obviously my interests were in orthopedics and, and, and uh, sports rehab. And right before I graduated, I specifically remember that summer going into my last clinical, I sent out a professional email to all the local professional organizations, the New York Mets, the Yankees, the Islanders, and the New York Knicks, I think were the, the four big ones I sent it out. And at that time, we were the first graduating class of, uh, of doctors of physical therapy and having my big athletic background and also already being a strength and conditioning coach for about two years at that time, I thought, wow, I got some interesting, um, you know, an interesting resume here and a background. So I figured I'm still young. Let me go out there. And I wrote them this professional email and I asked them, you know, are they looking for a volunteer, an intern, a paid employee, wh whatever it was I wanted to get in the pro into, into the pro sports market via the physical therapy slash strength and conditioning route. And I thought that would be an asset to them being of my, uh, my academic background. And after about six weeks or so, I'm, I'm halfway through my last clinical and, you know, I had absolutely zero responses from any of these organizations, not even a thank you, but we're not hiring or we don't have those positions available. Absolutely nothing. As you can imagine, I was disheartened. But, you know, I was too busy to even recognize it. So I sent out a secondary email, <laughs> reminded them of the first email, and the same result. Got absolutely no response. I literally double-checked emails. I was trying to find, you know, organizational heads in there, and I thought I did something wrong. And no, that wasn't the case. So at that point, before I even knew what I was doing, I shifted and pivoted and said, well, I guess they don't want me. Um, and I didn't get down on myself. I just kept you know, moving forward with my career and with my already attained strength and conditioning uh, <clears throat> specialist uh, certification. And I was already, you know, training athletes. So I just continued on that path. So fast forward a little bit during that time. And thereafter, I was literally training out of my truck. And the equipment I had was, I had paint sticks from Home Depot that was what I used for, you know, cones or markers or ladder drills. I had, I purchased, I think my first purchase was like a parachute and a BOSU ball uh, back at that time. And I had a ton of ideas. I had $532 in my bank account. I remember this specifically and about $90,000 in school loans. But, uh, you know, a, a head full of ideas and a big dream and excitement towards strength and conditioning and physical therapy and I set out and reached out to my contacts in, in baseball organizations. And um, my brother at that time was a coach uh, with the beginning, you know, at the very beginning with the Long Island Titans and Paul Gibson. So I had access to some really high-level athletes from Nassau and Suffolk County right from the, right off the bat. And and that's what I did. I, I literally ended up training. I would meet them at the local fields in the, in the fair weather days. And I would do defensive work, speed work, agility work, and some plyometric work. Uh, primarily with these athletes, which they were really doing nothing except skill work at that time. So for them, it was a treat um, to actually push themselves beyond just the skill. And in the, in the winter months and in, in, in the tough times and tough weather days, I remember, uh, you know, maybe not so much breaking into school gyms, but I remember looking up, you know, church gym schedules or local elementary gym schedules when they would have men's basketball league going on. And I remember it'd be like 7 to 10 p.m., you know, an open gym. 
I would get in there super early at seven when most guys weren't, you know, maybe there's a couple guys in there uh, shooting around, just getting warmed up before the rest of the, the rest of their buddies came in for a shoot around or a game. And I would literally just spread out on one side of the court and run my speed and agility drills with these guys. Um, again, just, just creative ideas and a lot of energy to do so and felt I was onto something that was fun and exciting and, uh, and, and you find a way to make it happen. So Fast forward all these years now, uh, I guess we're about 16 years into this, and man, we've come a long way from multiple facilities, multiple sites that have opened and closed over the years, um, other areas, other gyms that we've opened uh, with success and some without success, depending on the situation, and you know, thousands, thousands of athletes um, have gone come through our doors, and, and I can't think of a single one that has not been, has gotten better with us in any year, and, and if, uh, we can remember every single one uh, almost in detail from their name, you know, the sports they played, and everything else. So uh, the point the point of it is it, it, it mattered then to me as a student, as a, a young coach in the game, and it still matters uh, just as much now, if not more, uh, to this point. So anyway, I don't want to take up all the time, so... <laughs> well, so I heard, I heard that story multiple times, but what I didn't know is that you reached out to all those professional organizations and just didn't hear anything. <laughs> yeah, so, so... I feel like at that point in time for you, that was kind of like a hinge moment. Like, you said it before, like a shift and pivot. It's kind of the same thing as a hinge moment where, like, right. instead of sulking in, you know, that nobody wanted me or maybe I'm not good enough, it's just like, all right, well, you know, I'm just going to keep going forward and see what I can do with this and everything. Yeah, and, and and for sure, and, and uh, you know, just like as an as an athlete, I feel like I was already conditioned to be that way. Mm-hmm. Um, being a multi sport athlete, but specifically, let's the, the baseball, which game of such failure. Um, if you can't figure out how to be resilient in that sport, then you probably don't belong in that sport. Yeah. And as we say here often, and we've been saying it a lot lately too, is sport is a direct reflection of life. Everything I've learned in sport, from the hardships, from the work I put in, from the losses especially, and from the wins and from the teammates and the camaraderie, from the coaching and the adversity of that, everything I've learned from sport um, was easily transferred into you know, life. Mm-hmm. So it certainly makes an impact on us. And so to to know that I was doing the right thing, I was becoming a professional in, in uh, multiple fields at the time, I was pretty confident with that stuff and excited. And I wasn't going to let, you know, it was an unfortunate situation. I, I didn't understand why they didn't even reach out to me. I actually thought it was kind of unprofessional. And so I was disappointed considering I was fans of those organizations. <laughs> but to me, it was a quick little, all right, well, it's not a big deal. There's probably something else better out there. Yeah. Um, and I, again, I think that just, 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 just the things you learn from sport, uh, they carry over to everything I did, and, and they still do. So, um, but yeah, that's my and, that's my story with that. Because um, kids ask me sometimes too, like, oh, why why is it called Infinity? Like, what? Mm. Like, how did the name come about? So, <laughs> I I don't know what to tell them. To, yeah. Every time I answer that question, I say, oh, it's just because of the endless possibilities. That you can have. <laughs> Great answer, partially true. Yeah. Um, and and I know uh, my partner, my brother Ray. Uh, He's gotten me on this enough times that it almost makes me feel bad about it each time I see the name. <laughs> but in, Infinity was kind of an amalgamation from uh, my thesis uh, or getting my doctorate in physical therapy. We had, a, we had to provide a, uh, a long study on 
how do we open a physical therapy practice slash some sort of business? And, and what me and my group wanted to create was a physical therapy, a fitness institute, and also a sports performance facility. So my job primarily besides um, the physical therapy and the fitness institute was to create a model of a sports performance facility that I wanted. And we were trying to combine, you know, from the healthcare perspective, from injury to longevity to health to back to sport, return back to the game if they were injured, you know, uh, and that term seemed to fit infinity. And like you said, there with the infinity symbol, a part of our logo, there's highs and lows to that. It's a constant cycle. It's a constant flow with it. Uh, what I didn't, what I failed to recognize as we started this business a long time ago was the spelling of infinity with all eyes. Um, and performance behind it, we spent majority of our time answering phone calls for car service, the car, the Infinity car. So whether it was for oil changes or <laughs> or parts, uh, and I remember Ray and I answering the phone, and at times we're like, no, 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 you don't understand. It's a sports training facility, and the the client on the phone would be so confused. They'd be like, "Yeah, we're looking for new brake pads. I my car's under warranty." And no matter how many times we tried to drive it home, there, I remember quite a few times we just hung up, and Ray would look at me, and we, he would just huff, and I would feel bad about it. But but it is what it is. So <laughs> um, yeah, we can get creative and, and talk about longevity with it, and what you know why it fits now. But I don't think we get any calls about car service anymore. But for sure, in the, in the early years, it was. Uh, it was pretty comical, actually. So, did you ever play along with it? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, when it would come up and Ray would answer and I would answer, I'd feel a little bit embarrassed almost, and yeah. be like, "Oh no!" Politely tried to explain to them, but it always seemed like they never got it. They just they were con- they were more confused than I was. They were, they always thought there was I was fooling them at some <laughs> at some point that they, that they were should they wanted to know our address where the way they could you know bring when they could bring their car in and when they could schedule. And I was like, "You're confusing yeah. this with something else." <laughs> But luckily, over the years, no one's actually showed up with their infinity. So, yeah, it's funny. So, um, let's let's bring this along to Jared because again, I think he has a, a very unique perspective on this. Being a former athlete, what what years were you here training? Was um, high school years, but what years? Were that? So, 2010 is when I started up uh, training with you guys. So originally, I was a a baseball athlete and a wrestling athlete. And, you know, I dabbled a little bit with cross-country, too. Um, <laughs> I could go into how I thought that was the right thing for me at the time, but we'll get to that a different day. Um, so, yeah, my I, w- I was always a baseball player and a wrestler. And I remember it was my, my junior year in 2010 where I decided for myself that I wasn't going to wrestle and I was just going to focus on baseball. So coming off from that summer, I I had a really good summer season. You know, I um, I was starting to get accrued, recruited a little bit from uh, some some different schools, and you know, just from the feedback that I got, since you know I was always the smallest guy in the field, that I just got to get bigger, faster, stronger, right? So that was the mantra that always stuck with me, and so all I had to do was a quick Google search, and I came across you guys. So, yeah, I trained the the entire off season over there, all through the winter, going into the summer season, and you know I had a I had a really really good year. Uh, I was very happy with myself. Uh, the year prior to that, 
uh, my sophomore year when I was playing varsity, it was not it was not a fun year at all. I think we went like one and one and seventeen. It was uh it was not fun, to say the least, because losing sucks. <laughs> uh, winning is a lot more fun. So. Uh, I was happy that I was able to contribute to the success that we had my junior year. We we didn't win the league, uh, but we still made the playoffs. We competed for the county championship. Um, we ended up losing to Mattituck, and I, I'm pretty sure they won states that year too. They're they're pretty good. They're filthy. Summer, I continued my hot streak. You know, I was feeling really good physically. Um, and then my senior year, I had, I had an even better year, my senior year. I, I just remember just becoming so obsessed with the, the training part, you know, like, uh, how the body works. Why is it that, you know, my, my speed was always a tool for myself. Um, you know, how is it that, you know, I can, I can turn my hands quicker than everybody else that I was playing with. Uh, you know, just looking to answer, uh, questions like that. And also, you know, like why my ham, my why my hamstring so stiff too? Because that was pretty bad for me at the time too. Um, so you know, just from everything that I was learning from you guys over at ISP, um, it led me to studying that in college, getting my exercise science degree uh, slash human performance degree. So uh, transitioning into college at University of Tampa, where I played my freshman year, um. I was so used to, you know, being the team captain, the high energy guy in the dugout, never, ever, ever sitting an inning in even one game. And I get to college and I play 10 innings. So that was soul crushing to me. And, you know, I I personally just didn't know how to deal with it. It just completely destroyed my spirit. I lost my confidence. Um, you know, just, I, I didn't really know who I was anymore at the certain point because the, the game was just not fun to me anymore. So I, you know, I made the executive decision that I was not going to play baseball anymore. And I was solely just going to focus on, uh, research and development because that was another thing I was getting into in college. So, you know, I would try all of these different weird science things with my body, uh, just from all the, the journals that I was reading. And, you know, I, I continued to develop, get a lot stronger, um, gain a little bit more weight in, in college. And I remember my, I think it was my sophomore year in college where I reached out to you and I said, hey, Russ, you know, I, uh, I'm starting to get a little bit into the strength and conditioning side of things. Do you have any openings for me to intern with you guys this summer? So, you know, that's exactly what happened. I came home for the summer. Um, I was helping you guys out with, you know, a few baseball heaven camps and speed academy stuff. Uh, you know, just small things here and there to help you guys out. Um, and then, you know, just shadowing along your side and kind of learning, uh, picking your brain as much as I could. Um, because, you know, when, when we're training as athletes, we can only really do that so much. Um, so, you know, I I just got a whole different perspective from that intern experience. And, 
you know, I, I wasn't really sure if I wanted to become a strength coach because, you know, I knew nothing about it. I didn't have any confidence with it yet because I was still halfway through school. And I remember you telling me um, at some point, you said, Jared, you know what? You, you're a hot, you're a pretty high energy guy. You're, you're a good student. You learn really quick. Um, you know, just, I, I think you could be pretty good at this. You know, you just got to put, you got to put one foot in front of the other. You got to stay confident with yourself. You got to be that loud voice. You, you got to continue to just be yourself. And I also remember you telling me too, along some point was that it doesn't matter how much science stuff that we know, which is obviously very important. Um, but the more important one, believe it or not, is, you know, just how to be a good human, how to be a good coach, learn how to communicate with other people. So, um, that really interested me. And then the, the, the semester following that summer experience, I picked up a minor in psychology. Sounds like something I would say. You're, you're refreshing my old mind here. Yeah. yeah. I remember. So then, <laughs> um, cause you know, I just felt that would just put me over the edge no matter where I would land. So fast forward a little bit to my senior year, I graduated a semester early and I think it was around Thanksgiving time. You called me and you said, Hey, you want a job? <laughs> so, so I was like, yeah, yeah, sure. I want a job. Um, so even still from, you know, just getting that, that first year experience, getting my, my, my feet wet in the game of training, I, you know, I, I still, I still really wasn't that sure what I wanted to do. You know, I was having fun. I was enjoying every second of it, but you know, I still had that research, um, brain, you know, so, um, I started to, you know, I started to write a little bit, just, I, I felt like that was the easiest way for me to just get all my thoughts out, uh, rather than, you know, just kind of having a conversation with somebody, I felt it easier for me to just write it down. So, you know, that turned into a little bit of article writing here and there and the, summer following my first year with you guys I interned over at Champion PT and Performance in Boston with uh Dr. Mike Reinold and you know I, I learned a great deal of things over there as well and you know what I learned from over there is just the whole personal development side so you know from the the many articles that I was reading and everything I started my own research initiative called the baseball science guy. So that's how that whole thing came about. Um, so, you know, my, my biggest thing was that is just to give scientific and empirical research that's out there already that not everybody can read and, you know, just spinning the facts, uh, giving a non-biased opinion. Uh, it's not really, I don't tell you what I mean, I do tell you what I think about the research and everything, but um, the biggest thing that I lay out for everybody is that it's not cut and dry. It's not black and white. Here's the information. You can do what you want with it. If you don't agree with it, that's more than fine. Uh, if you do agree with it and you want to use it right away, then that's also fine. The, the rest is history from there. So before before we go further into that, a uh, couple points. So when you had that awesome junior year in high school, did you associate 
the work you put in in the gym when you were here and as a direct reflection of some of your results there when you, when you were training? Yeah. Was that like, because I, I felt that way too as a kid growing up and finally when I matured and put on some weight and, and started making some significant advances in the gym, even way back in 1995, 96 when I was mm -hmm. doing that, um, I automatically reflected that onto the gym. It felt like, wow, the work I put in is making a difference. Yeah. So even, you, you, you felt the same? For sure, because even my senior year, I had, I had an even better year my senior year. My senior right. year, I, I went off. Um, cause as soon as I was in that new environment and I saw all the results that were coming my way, I just, I fell in love with training. Yeah. I would, I would just start to look up anything that was just related to exercise and I'm, yeah. I'm a big science guy too. So For that's, sure. you know, that's why I wanted to study it at school yeah. and everything too. So the, um, you know, and, and I think also from the start, what I've always wanted to create here was, uh, that kind of culture, that kind of environment where, mm -hmm. you know, you're amongst other even if it's an opponent of yours, you know, a teammate of yours, male, female, doesn't matter what sport, but in the gym, you know, where we're all thriving towards something. And, and I think the, 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 the attachment to that is, or, or the, the thread is that everybody's here for a reason, whatever reason mm -hmm. it is, they're here to put their effort forth for some sort of outcome, some sort of result. Yeah. And I feel like when, if we can create and facilitate that kind of energy in, in the gym environment, um, that it carries over to, to any athlete that's in here. Um, you know, if, if we're able to do that as coaches and we can see that and feel that, I mean, I walk out of here at night, certain, certain nights and I, and I, and I walk out, you know, uh, with my head up and filled with pride when I know that I've, I've truly made a pretty good impact on that, or I got somebody to not just lift something heavy in PR that day, but to really connect and associate their effort, their work and their mindset with the results on the field. Yeah. I love seeing you coming in here in December and November, December and January when we're still far off from the um, from the spring season. And just when you come in and you see guys competing and talking about it and they can't wait to get to that field to, to see all their hard work pay off and we're still a few months away, that's an awesome feeling from a yeah. coach's standpoint. It's like, 100%. how do you not want to be here every day? Yeah. So, all right. So, yeah, so I, I figured you associated that. Let's watch you. But now, yeah. you know, we all know and love the fact that you are so data-driven and, and part of the reason you were hired right off the bat was um, we saw that you were an enthusiastic human. Uh -huh. So, so now you fast forward and, and you get into here and, you know, I, as an owner and a colleague, of course, and, uh, I'm always trying to keep my finger on the pulse of where my trainers are at and what they're feeling. And I try to, I try to step away from the business side of it as much as I can. Um, and I let my, my partner, uh, Ray handle a lot of, a lot of that stuff. And to me, that's a, not an area I'm super comfortable with. Um, and I'd rather be that way, but, I, but I try to make sure that, you know, my trainers are delivering what we say they're delivering and that we have a cohesive language so that our athletes can understand uh, where we're coming from. But then I also want my trainers to understand the balance. So, um, and what I mean by that is I don't want my trainers to feel pigeonholed that they have to use my systems. I never mm -hmm. felt that. I never even coached that way. Um, but I always wanted to let them know that whatever they learn, whether it's the three things that they know or if it's 300 things that they know, I want them to feel very confident at teaching those items, whatever it may be. And if there's anything that they wanted to explore, anything they may have learned or researched, especially you being in, in that you know data-driven world, I said, please bring it my way. I'm... Ultimately, I'm always a learner, and I feel like the, the fundamental connection that we have, uh, you and I and many of our trainers here and many of our athletes too, the fundamental connection that we have is that we are always seeking to grow, 
personal yeah. growth, personal learning, whatever you may call it. We are, are nonstop driven to learn more, create more, mm-hmm. you know, you know, generate ideas and then deliver those things when we feel that they're adequate to do so. Yeah. And I've always felt that thread with you uh, from, from the beginning. And I, and I, and I saw that. And, and I remember, you know, when we, when I called you and asked you if you were looking to work in this industry, um, because there were many conversations that I had with Ray prior to yeah. saying, well, how do you think? What do you think of him? Will it be all right? Is he, is he, is he going to be able to handle some of this stuff? Yeah. Um, and whenever he asks me that, I'm always like, I, I don't know, but you know, forever or train us. I don't know, but you know, we'll we have a unique <laughs> system, but I feel like he's the right guy to, to test out, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I, I was still very grateful that that actually turned out. I'm glad you found your love for this. Um, you've certainly I'm proud of watching and continue to watch you grow and develop um, and take our brand uh, to a completely new level that I for sure could not have done alone. Um, so it's been an asset having you and a pleasure too. And, and from the late night conversations to, you know, starting this, this podcast to yeah. um, just creating some good energy here and, and good ideas and being able to um, pass some of my wacky ideas <laughs> And see you be just as gusto about it with me gives me the confidence to make sure to, and also um, uh, fortifies that I, that I'm going in the right direction that I feel like I'm doing the right stuff and that yeah. I can still make a, a quite an impact uh, on these uh, on these athletes' lives. Yeah. So that's our story. Yeah, just about pretty much. I'm sure we'll we'll get a couple other nice nuggets of information um, over the next few weeks and episodes that we do this, we're going to be starting to float different ideas out there and have different, um, maybe rotate some different hosts or some roundtables and some guests in here. And we want to create an environment um, where our athletes, when you guys tune in, we want you guys to think broader. You know, this time off right now that you've had, all these question marks that you've had, you know, a lot of people can get mixed up in, 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 in the circus of this. Um, and we want you guys to find something that matters, to grow roots and to understand, better understand who you are uh, and not just identify as an athlete who's worked so hard and now the season's gone because, again, sport is so much more than that. So, But to identify as something much larger, even if you don't know who you are exactly, um, we'll help you navigate those waters to figure out who you are and who you want to be. Um, we want to provide some skill sets, some, some tactics uh, into mindset mastery. Um, which overall I believe is an absolute performance enhancer. And, and the more we believe you can tap into that stuff, um, you'll start to figure out who you are sooner rather than later. Anything else to add to that, Jared, in closing? Um, no, I mean, I just, I, I mean, what do you think? Why Why is the, the mental game not as popular as the physical game? Because we spend so much time in there. But why? Well, I think it's, it's the obvious of, you know, athletes, we are such physical beings and we spend so much time enjoying and working at the rigors of the game. And then now with most athletes now connect the gym and the training that they do also with their field play. So that's the easy connection. I mean, that's, that's the, um, well, where most athletes see that. But what we fail to recognize is, and we'll get to this in future discussions, is there's so much behind just a PR and a lift or your, your stats in a season. I mean, simple things like being a good leader or being a great teammate and how that affects your play yeah. or how that affects your teammates play. I mean, it is unbelievable now that we have, you know, the psychology background and the research, um, 
you know, of mindfulness and awareness and how our body responds to that, you know, our sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous systems and how they play a role, breath work. I mean, there's so much great material out there now. And I still think that it's just these kids haven't been exposed to it. They're, for the most part, you know, our high school athletes have not been exposed to this. So it seems sometimes woo-woo or yeah. they, they don't see the direct link. But, yeah, I mean, sure. you know, the mental game is strong for sure. It, it, it is, you know, if every athlete's taking a 1,000 ground balls a week and taking a 2,000 swings a week, you know, they're all going to get exponentially better at the same rate, let's just say. Mm-hmm. But if you're the athlete that's focusing on your nutrition, that's maturing, that's really starting to understand who they are as far as mindset mastery, to me, that's the edge at this point because yeah. the majority of those athletes at that age are not tapping into it. They may have listened to a podcast. They may have heard it from the coach say it before, mm-hmm. but they haven't connected with it. And I feel like if we can, as we have in the last six months or so, we've driven this home with our athletes. And I mean, the feedback we've been getting and to see their eyes light up as we talk about it and get into detail and personalize it for them. And for them to, it's like a light bulb goes off when you, when you get the right kids, they just stop and pause and they they just want to listen to more. And then when they start sharing their stories and we're able to relate to their stories even more, um, it just, it just grows this bond between the coach and the athlete. And they, you could start literally seeing them start to get it. Yeah. And when they're starting to get it, then for me, it's like, you know, we've got our claws in deep. So they're, they're ready to listen to some of these, uh, simple tools and, and, uh, and I just can't wait to, to teach him that stuff. So, yeah. um, and also in closing too, I just wanted to say how, you know, just from digging a lot more into this whole mindset stuff for the past couple months, um, is just me realizing how much my mindset has changed. Mm. Cause like I said before, the, the whole reason why I just didn't play college baseball is because mentally I was so weak. Yeah. I was so weak and looking back at it now, you know, it's not like I regret anything or wish that I could change anything, but just learning from my past mistakes, you know, just learning just the emotional control, how to stay in the present moment as mm. many times as you can throughout the day. Right. Multiple times a day is just super, super important. Yeah. I mean, I mean, just hearing about how, like, for me, I, I it's hard for me to understand um, the depth of what you're going through to, to literally stop playing the game you love and i know i see that now when we talk about it all the time and, and you have some regrets about it and yeah. um but obviously we know how to push past that but but being able to recognize those things and be aware now I, i'm learning still every day like literally with the stuff i read and research and and some of the mindfulness work i do for myself i'm able to slow my mind slow my thoughts mm-hmm. um you know eliminate the distractions a lot more easier now because this mindset stuff on, on the sub on the, on the unconscious level, we, we already have so many things that are pulling and pushing us yeah. that we are so unaware of that the first thing is now you're, you're aware. Now you can look at your past, you can look at why you did what you did, and you can start finding those nuggets. Like, wow, I was mentally weak yeah. in that department. In other departments, you're mentally strong. You just yeah. didn't know how to translate it, how to associate it with another. An adversity that you never had to deal with, or just had to shift and pivot the whole situation. Yeah, yeah. and and easier said than done. But when you start to apply these daily habits, which I know you've done recently with all the mm-hmm. uh, reading and, and and seeing you go through this process, um, it's every day. It's it's not just sport and and failures and and ideas and, um, and and relationships and things like that. But every day there's an opportunity for us to have something that we can change our perspective of. 
shift, mm-hmm. pivot, whatever it is, and make it and use it to our advantage. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not a burden. It's an opportunity. Even right now, what's going on? I, I talked about this the other day, you know, yeah. like I'm excited. You know, there are some adversity things going on right now and things that are challenging in our world uh, with this coronavirus, but I'm looking for the under end. I, I, w- I want to be ahead of that wave of that curve um, and, and not and not looking at this from a business or financial standpoint, because that's not where my my first perspective is not that. I mean, I am an entrepreneur and a business owner and partner in this. And, and for sure, I have concerns of that. But I'm always looking for, hey, we have hundreds of athletes that we need to continue to stay with and impact and influence. And we know where their mind's going because we've been in direct contact with all of them, with yeah. their training programs and seeing how they're doing with it and where their minds, mindset's at and how they're dealing with their online school classes and, and the difficulties that they're having and, and having almost too much free time, Yeah, you know, and I grew up with free time. So it was kind of, you know, easy for me to adapt to that. I think, I believe, because yeah. that's how it was in the eighties. Um, <laughs> but before I lose track, I probably already did of where I was going with this, but, um, where was I going with this? <laughs> <laughs> it's another late night for us, but, um, in, in any case, uh, to be able to take these athletes and knowing that, we can make an impact when we get through this uh, uh, adverse situation that we're going through in our culture and our society, uh, and it's still going to impact us and many of us uh, very, very personally. It already has it in my family um, and my friends. So, but I want to be as a coach and and as a uh, as a human being for our athletes, as a friend to them. I want to make sure when they come out of this, they are ready and rearing to go for whatever their season starts. And to become better humans because of this, because I feel like there's so many opportunities for them to learn right now, whether it be just, you know, <laughs> being with their families and knowing how to deal with difficult situations of being home at all the time or finding creative ways to engage in, uh, you know, more learning and things that don't relate to their sport and training only. Yeah. I feel there's so many things that come out that can come out of this that can change how they direct their lives from this too. And not looking at what they lost, but looking at how much they've actually gained and what they've learned during this process. And just having it a, an appreciation for um, all of the work that they put in. Absolutely. Because, yeah. I mean, it, it's not like any anything's canceled, postponed, yes. Mm-hmm. But you got you to gotta look at the other side for this. Like, just for, for me personally, with this whole mindset thing, I'm the strongest I've ever been in my head. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm continuing and working on getting even stronger up there and we want everybody else to be on that same page so that when we get on the other side of this thing that they're going to be better than they were before right hey life's going to smack us in the face uh more than once um and i know as a culture and as a society right now we're getting one big smack in the face in 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 a lot of ways with this virus but um you know without adversity i mean we you know we need adversity in order to know what we're made of. It, it reveals our true character. And if we can have the little formula I created was adversity plus mindset plus discipline is what, how we're going to get a resilient athlete or a resilient human out of this. All right. And I know there's a lot of, I do a lot of reading on fear and on courage and bravery. I love that stuff. And I mean, how does one truly know if they're brave or if they're courageous, if there hasn't been a challenging point in their life or something that they had to face um, that can significantly influence them uh, one way or the other. And you you never really know if you you have, if you're the type of person that avoids or runs away from these things or has an aversion to these things, 
um, you'll end up with a life of regret, in my opinion. Um, yeah. You know, we, we're here to be tested, and we are resilient as humans in general. Uh, but in, in today's society, we, we tend to find these comforts. We like these soft pillows of comfort a little bit too much, in my opinion, and, and uh, it kind of steals us from the life we should be living. That doesn't mean you have to go paragliding off of a, a mountainside or anything like that. You don't have to be a risk taker. But like I said, it's more of a mindset. It's more of an ability. It can be as simple as thing like, you know, walking away from a failed lift and a weight and just putting your head down and being down about it or respecting that we have limits and knowing that you're just going to need more work and maybe you'll get it next time. So, or any adverse situation, just sometimes we sit there and we tell ourselves that we're not strong enough. We're not good enough. And, um, you know, you don't need a coronavirus or, you know, um, a, 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 a wartime event to, to challenge you and, and, and feel brave. Um, it could be something as simple as, you know, listening to what your head is telling yourself. What are your negative self uh, talk going on? And how do you reverse that? Or how do you be with that negative self talk? And how do you transition that and shift and pivot your mentality to stop that same pattern that you know never worked for you? So, you know, courage comes in a lot of ways. It doesn't have to be fear based or risk, uh, risk taking. Uh, strategies to get there all right yeah. well we've got plenty to talk about we'll for sure we'll clean it up we'll get into more detail of this i hope you guys enjoy it and um at any point our athletes of course the listeners you know feel free to comment question ask us or throw out some content if there's something you want you want to hear from us or if you have any questions i'm sure we'll do a couple podcasts with that where we have our you know our listeners uh, can ask some questions and we can sure play around with those for a while thanks for listening guys 